So first there was L.A. Cunningham and Babies with Rabies, and also Sister Grimm. But Sister Grimm connected me to ASAP Imagination. And when she started telling me stories about people she had begun working with, with names like Hades and Nemesis, I simply had to follow up. So the great thing was, after it all started with the Babies with Rabies and L.A. Cunningham, I was introduced to Hades. We got the chance to sit down and have a great conversation about ASAP, Imagination, Gig, and so many other things I think you're going to be really excited about that I am simply going to get out of the way and allow you to enjoy a really great conversation. I'm talking with Paul, who just explained that I've only learned to now refer to him as Hades, and that's because there was this name that See, Paul, this is the part where I said I'm, I'm going to make you retell the story because I didn't have it recorded. And I always feel terrible when I'm like, wait, that's gold. I need that. Hold on. So just really quickly, again, it, it, it started rather innocently, right? Yeah, it was just like a misspelling of my surname. And, and, and so obviously I'm down as normally my, my official writer's name and all that is like <laughs> P.A. Hayden. And it's. Um, you know, if I'm on books, it's P.A. Hayden, because then I can, like, handlebar my moustache and feel fancy. Um, but, and someone had put Hayden's, the end kind of wasn't present. Um, <laughs> me, me and Laurie laughed about it kind of thing. Laurie Cunningham, who was on your show previously, um, and yeah. then within 20 minutes of that conversation, she had... Uh, found a gif of uh, Hades from the Disney's Hercules, changed the spelling underneath to match mine, and it just said, Hades going to hate. And then just put, <laughs> from this day forth, he shall be known as Hades, or Lord Hades. Uh, and Hades just stuck. And I've been called worse things. So Right. Yeah, I understand. Um, you know, if you get a name where you're like, that's not so bad. I've, I've had worse. That's really good. It's, it's exactly. nice. I were you aware of Lori's naming powers up to this point? Because clearly that's that's a gift when you can just declare that someone will be called that. And apparently everyone agreed. They just she, sort of she's went got a, with it. Got a good following on Twitter. Um, it didn't work in my... I mean, luckily, she, you know, she, it was something, uh, quite a nice name. It could have been worse, as I say. <laughs> and, and I think that they still would have called it me. But yeah, it was it was good and it stuck and... It was a it was a good laugh, and then on my one birthday, one of our artists drew a version of me as the the the, the Disney's Hercules Hades, right. so the flamed hair, but also my beard, um, and, yes. and rather bulbous nose, um, and and I was like, Do you know what, I bloody love that. So now that has actually become my profile picture. It's on my phone. And <laughs> Fully embraced it. I'm like, this is fine. Yeah, at some point, I would be tempted to be like, yeah. So, how big of a commission can I get from you <laughs> of this? Like, we talking poster size? Can I have it yeah. life size so people walk into the room and they're like, that's that's you know, I mean, yeah, let me know how it mass. turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who wants to wear the guy fox and whatever, no, 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 no. We got a Hades for you. We're we're gonna make it really interesting. It's gonna be a new <laughs> new thing out there. Um, you'll see it in clubs. Just just keep your eyes open. You'll know all yeah. about it. Now, I'm glad you brought up Lori a minute ago because she's the one mm. who introduced me to you. She yeah. she she describes her writing process, one in which someone says, hey, you should write this. And she goes, no. And then they say, right. no, no, you should write this. And she's like, no. Yeah. And then eventually something happens and she ends up writing it. And from what I've seen, 
amazing things happen when the writing starts and then yeah. when the finished product is revealed. Um, how can you, I've heard her side of the story. It's mm -hmm. always interesting to get an idea of your context and then we can let the people decide. So can you tell me how it is that you met Lori and what that process of like, Hey, yeah. I'm doing this thing and trying to explain this thing and come check this out. And what transpired from that? So, so we, we, we met on Twitter um, just through a shared love of sense of humor. We've got a very similar sense of humor. Um, and, and, you know, we, we realized that quite early on. And I think it just started with like exchanging of gifts slash gifs, however you want to say it, you know, um, we, we just uh, comment on each other's posts and stuff. And, and then within a short period of time, we just started chatting. Our, our, our friendship is extremely organic. Um, like that we got on <clears throat> from from day one. Um, I you know I joke and it, you know refer to her as just a massive pain in the backside because she is. But you know I I I I still you know love it a bit. Um, and I was talking about my love of obviously being a comic book fan and wanting to be a comic book writer. <clears throat> and to start off with, she was just kind of. She's been a good friend, she's kind of cheering me on and saying, you know, yeah, this is great. And I'm running stuff past her. She was doing some, some uh, like beta reading for me and things like that. And, and then when I came up with the idea for this like event, for this catalyst, for this, for the world that is now like our main, like our world that we've created, the, the main thing, mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to write something in prose as well as, as do the comics. And I just thought there's no one who I've spoken to more about this. There's no one who I kind of want to, you know, there's no one else in the world I kind of want to do this with. So I approached her on it and said, look, do you want to write this book with me? Um, in true Laurie Farm, she's like, no, 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 yes. Um, because that's that's what she does. Um, that's 90% that's of our conversations. Do you want to? No, but also yes. Um so I, I suggested doing the book together, and it's 16 stories. Um, so it's points of villainy, points of virtue. And I had this idea where I wanted half the book to be printed upside down so you can literally finish reading uh, points of villainy, right. you flip it over, and then you've got virtue. <clears throat> and I explained the world to her and, and so on and so forth. And as far as it was at that point, she was just going to help me write the book, and that was it. And then obviously she she wrote uh, a story in there that I saw uh, a main character in, which then had now gone on to become Sister Grimm. So yeah, so I then had to try and sweet talk her into getting into comics, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then and then. But one of the things that I, I love about our relationship and our like our friendship is that so when we were doing the book, um, a lot of people, you know, you have that moving timeline or deadline because you're indie and you've, you've got to you know you, you've got to uh, have that self-discipline sometimes but life gets in the way life happens so it rolls mm -hmm. and I decided one day this is this is rolled enough so I sent her a message uh, I believe it said I've done what I've done uh, so, there, so, so there we are and what I'd actually done was tweeted out the book will be launched in November and this was <laughs> she called me some names um she used a lot of caps lock there was a lot of caps lock oh um, she's like oh you're out of your mind probably 
but we've got to now. <laughs> right. We've told people it's happening. Yeah. Um, so we worked and we worked hard. And then we the book came out on the 30th of November. So it was still November, but it was skin of the teeth. Gone. But we made yeah. it. And, and from that point on, I was like, that's how we're going to do things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Hey, quick thing. It, I'm picking up some background noise. And it, oh, I don't know just be, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I was like, are we just getting some sort of weird internet sound traffic? But <laughs> thanks. Uh, it, um, it could just be that, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so a couple of things throw me really quickly because, I mean, in your experience, have you known of uh, a comic writing relationship that begins with a Twitter chat and um, conversations that build from that point? It. It sounds like a fun way. And I've had a couple of weird things. I mean, my conversation with Lori that led to us chatting was started with a couple of, you know, Twitter comments and her at some point saying, well, if you're looking for guests and I'm like, well, that's hilarious. Well, if you're just going to tease me like that, fine, let's go ahead and make this happen. And yeah, and it happened like that. And I've had others where it's like, hey, it's great. Let's get in touch. And you send out a message and time goes by. And, you know, most of the time you just sort of smile and go, OK, you know, it was. Yeah. It was a great moment that could have happened, but when it actually happens, it feels like it's something a little dip, bit different. I, I don't know how else to put it. So, you know, were, were you surprised by this or were you just, as you said, sort of like, hey, we kicked this thing and it's rolling. Let's keep kicking it and keeping it rolling. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 one of the things that, you know, with, with, again, with our friendship is we, we became huge supporters of each other immediately it was you know if if she got an idea if she got something i'm a hundred percent there you know when when she brought out her own book with babies with rabies i was a hundred percent there for the for the for the whole book. thing yeah gene <laughs> one of those ideas i wish i'd have thought of it was one of them i was like oh love it but a hundred percent there and and it was the same with 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 this with asap from the beginning from me from the time that i turned around and said I think I'm going to start my own company. What, you know, what do you think? Um, and then she was just, you know, she said, if anyone's going to do it, because she, she, she knows me very well. She knows I'm stubborn. She knows that I won't, I, I'm, I'm relentless. I'm, and that's not a cocky comment at all. It's just, I, if, if someone tells me no, I, I immediately say I'm doing it then, you know, or if someone tells me it's not going to happen, I will try and figure out how to make it happen. It's like, I, I'm doing it. Um, so she said, if anyone's going to do it, she said, if anyone's stubborn enough, it's you. So I was like, <laughs> oh. It's a good compliment. It is. It's a great compliment. So we started doing that. And then organically, you know, thing, you know, with the book. And then, as I say, with the talk of, you know, Sister Grimm and then um, Nem, DW, or Dave Howard joined us. And we got an editor on board as well. And, and, and the original artist for Messiah Kyle. And we kind of got this wicked little... Little, little unit um and how it's grown since then has just baffled me it's gone it's, it's, <laughs> it's been brilliant you know um and again the way it started because i i, I started the company through like a government program here um, okay. at the time there was a thing about small businesses you can start a small business and we'll 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 assist okay and it wasn't much it wasn't a big thing it was you know they're not going to throw thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars at you but it was enough for me to say okay i can set up my website you know i can use this and i can set up my website and i can start 
now kind of what happened was was surreal because I then became this weird like poster child um so a lot of businesses yeah so because a lot of businesses that were going to do it were like mobile hairdressers painter and decorators those kind of businesses and then this dipstick comes along and kind of goes comics <laughs> look what i'm doing yeah and then so what happened was was surreal i then get a phone call from the head office of this branch of the government and then i speak to them and they officially interviewed me and then I, a newspaper contacted me and then they interviewed me and then a another section so the <clears throat> this guy who rings me um he's from the film and media section of this section of the government and long story short they made up like a mini documentary about it and animated mm. animated me so i had like a little cartoon it, it was surreal um and the instruction to the artist was make me look better than this thank you that'd be <laughs> <clears throat> which they did um yeah and and it was great it was it was surreal um but it was very very cool the way it all kind of panned out and Right, um, and it was it, it, it was yeah it it was one of those moments where so many organic things happened, so many things just kind of came about. I'm just extremely lucky with the way it's gone. Extremely lucky. And out of curiosity, you know, when it when it comes to this idea, I I love the concept of an event and sort of the things that spiral mm. out of it. And I've seen it done well back in the nineties. Um, I was a huge fan of the milestone line that came out from DC comics. Yeah. And the whole concept behind milestone was there's this city called Dakota and this thing happens. There's, you know, yeah. some sort of gas or something. And suddenly everyone reacts differently and an entire city changes. For me, that was a, a fun concept. And along the way I've looked for that. It's almost like, you know, buying a car. And then afterwards you see that car on the road everywhere. It was like, mm -hmm. after I was exposed to that event, I looked for those moments as well. And I've seen it happen in, in so many fun universes and different iterations. Everyone takes that idea and then turns it and says, okay, mm -hmm. let's take that concept and then let's do this with it. And your approach is really interesting. I've really enjoyed the description of how uh, when Lori was setting it up, it's like you have this event and then you have these groups around it. You have one mm -hmm. that's sort of like a government's type thing. You have uh -huh. one where you have Sister Grimm, where you have this woman who's now, you know, experiencing something on the supernatural side then you come over yeah. here and you have you know the different idea with uh messiah or dead of night where these characters have all been affected very specifically very mm. you know very much uh unique to who they are and to however they interacted with this experience and then it's their story of understanding it from how yeah. they begin with it to then how they you know i guess go to a certain point of understanding or choose to sort of follow whatever it is they've been given to whatever purpose they assign to it or believe they they mm. have from it so for oh, this yeah. for you you know this starts out you introduce it to lori but when it came to you where did it start from you know is it one of those things where you're you know witnessing something you go what and then suddenly the the wheels start turning or you know was it I think it was like uh, an accumulation of things. As, as a fan and you're growing up and, and a fan of comic books, you know, I've been a fan of comic books since I was eight and I'm nearly 43. And, you know, <laughs> all, all of these little characters and little tidbits that you find over the years and that you create, you can then start to go, do you know what? I'm going to take that from there. I'm going to take that from there. I'm gonna... And then other characters evolve. Um, like Messiah just came from one doodle. 
it's literally it was a, it, the, the whole concept for that whole thing came from a doodle of a guy covered in bandages and you know um and and i think you know some things naturally evolve some things you go what was i thinking no, no that, that, that thing. <laughs> um, but i think with with the event what i wanted the the, the the thing about that is it's it signifies the changing of the guard so pre-event which we haven't covered yet but we intend to but pre-event is your very costumed superheroes you know uh underpants on the outside and a cloak and, and you know very what you would imagine when you think superhero comic books um secret identities that, and, and and the like and then the event happens but what i what i wanted was something that's written from the the, the lay person's perspective so each story is just from a different individual's perspective. You might see a hero in it, but nothing is from their point of view. Everything, and and that's the beauty of it. Points of villainy, points of virtue, point of view. Right. You say that everything is from is from is from this um, ground level perspective. So you get to see it through the eyes of what, just all these normal people and what it does to the world, rather than what it does to the heroes. Um, so and then after that, this like new breed um of, of heroes kind of start to appear and uh, we've actually got a timeline on our on our website that tells you the, basically the best or if you're going to read it in order this is the order you want to be reading it you can come in at any vantage point but you can right. read it in specific this is the timeline if you're one of those people who needs to know when it begins and start at that beginning um, yeah, yeah it's available to you we can tell you exactly where to jump in at and, and how to get that um yeah so this idea all comes from a doodle, which is really fun for me because doodling is one of those things that can happen just about anywhere. I, I love it when uh, my wife did some art school and sometimes I'll see her waiting on the phone, talking to like customer service or setting something up and she's on hold uh -huh. and she'll have something and she'll be making notes. And then suddenly I'll look down and she'll have drawn like a border around it and there will be flowers yeah. and birds and maybe some, you know, and I just sort of chuckle like, wow, I don't have that artistic ability, but I love the idea of someone who can just doodle in that way and sort of just uh -huh. entertain or, you know, explore while doing something rather mundane. Was it similar for you where you're like, Okay, someone's about to talk about something really boring, and I have to be here, but it doesn't mean I can't be doing this. Or was it something where you're like, I'm going to sit down and just see what comes out of the brain and put it on I paper? Th I think I'm a natural fidget, which you'll see is I'm always like playing with my beard or, you know, I, I'm a natural fidget and I can't sit still. Um, I'm a natural fidget and an insomniac. So oh. it means that I'm constantly <laughs> on the move which bodes well when you're running your own business because I'm always doing something. But when you're just, you know, if, you, if you're trying to work a nine to five and you're trying to concentrate on a spreadsheet and your brain's going off in one, you know, kind of, you know what, it'd be great. This, la, 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 la. So, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's the way that my brain is wired. That's the way it works. Um, so I think you know, a lot of it, you know, was just, some of the characters, are, you know, I think younger me really wanted a Batman-esque type character and stuff like that. And I was a big fan of, um, you know, Nightwing and things like that. So I think influence came into some of the pictures, but the mm -hmm. doodle that was for the Messiah was just a doodle. It was just a doodle. And then when I saw that it was, 
you know, it looked like something. That's when I grabbed a red pen and started to just add like a bit of like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no way. Um, and I actually put that on our Instagram, um, we, and I've got a picture of it, and it's an awful picture. Like, it's not the best picture. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an amazing artist. I draw really big eyes. Um, so there's a future for me in, like, manga. But it was just, you know, it's like, huge eyes, small mouth. Um, and, Very emotional. And then, yeah, 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 like like an emotional goldfish. Um, and, then, and then I, you know, but it became all of this, you know, um and and it's crazy now to think that we've gone like i say from messiah points of villainy points of virtue and then in may of last year we were doing or have continued to do one a month an issue or a title a month right um, so this is a great opportunity to maybe tell people a little about who these characters are <laughs> that we've kind of been yeah. talking around we've described the event and you know you've, you've mentioned a couple of key things one there's a changing of the guard Two, we are introduced to a new guard. You know, this this yeah. event has triggered something in which you've got these new characters. And since you've already brought uh, the Messiah up through a doodle, why not continue with that that vein? And then we can yeah. move on to the others. So once you create this character, what's the story of Messiah? And you can go into any evolution you want, or you can just stick with, okay, let's just talk about what I've got. Because the evolution could be you sure. know, much more convoluted and involved. But tell us about Messiah. So, so the, the the title being Messiah is <clears throat> less about the name of the character, and it's more about the project. So it's like when you think like Weapon X, even though he was right. called Weapon X, it was the name of the project, and 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 it's the same with this character. So he's named actually just Daniel. It's uh, he's not called Messiah. And what I wanted was to find when when you think of characters, um, I've always been. A bit jaded when it comes to overpowered characters because it's like, well, where's their weakness? Where are they ever going to have a problem? You know, right. um, you know. And what I wanted was a, a guy with a really flawed ability. And the the idea is that this guy is experimented on, and <clears throat> he's given these healing abilities. And what he's able to do is absorb injuries from others. So if you've been shot, let's say. You know, he can absorb it. But the problem is he can't heal himself. <laughs> so it's that idea that I, I can't help you because I'll die. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> you, know, um, you know, so that's why he's covered in bandages, because he's covered in cuts and bruises, because he can't heal himself, but he can take it from others. And I just like this idea that this guy is so conflicted like you know someone save me i can't like and, and it's that idea you know it's self-preservation or doing the right thing um right you know um and so the hero is so often the idea is sacrifice right that's like the one yeah. big thing if they have this gift what <clears throat> defines them is is how they use it more most often it's in like a sacrificial way but this confliction of well of like yeah i could maybe save somebody's life but then i die and i can't save yeah. anybody else afterwards like that's it like you're the <laughs> exactly yeah and and he's because he's a failed experiment because he should be able to heal himself um he's kind of thrown in with all the other rejects so there's all these um, different experiments that are happening with this um kind of sinister organization called level eight and and they're given an opportunity to escape so they do and he wants, you know, they're ready to just follow him everywhere. And he doesn't want 
anything to do with it. It's like, <laughs> I want my old life back, leave me alone, get away from me. So, uh, and then in the first issue, uh, these two guys called uh, Mr. Button and Mr. Button. So they're the, the button men. So uh, they're tasked with bringing him back. And <laughs> they're these two, because it all takes place in, in the UK. So they're these two London gangsters. Think of like a Guy Ritchie film, you know, Lock, Stock. And, you know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and maybe like. There's uh, not along someone the named Fats, is there? No, no, but think along okay. the lines of the craze. You know, I've got there's an older Mr. Button and a younger Mr. Button, and they're brothers. And I just, nice. I, I, they even refer to each other as Mr. Button, which is, I just liked that idea. And obviously, the yeah. Button Man comes from the Godfather. You know, you send in right. the Button Man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's being chased by these, but also at the same time, uh, there's this character called Foe. And we mentioned masks earlier, but this this actually actually was a thing that we did with. Uh, so Foe is a character who escaped with Daniel, and he is always uh, wearing this kind of like metal plated mask. You see, uh, his clothing changes, but he's always got the mask on. You never, it's you know, like very V for Vendetta. He never never takes the mask off. Right. Um, I joke, but I say what I essentially wanted was the cheapest cosplay you could possibly get. Which is <laughs> just the math. Right. Um, so with that in mind, what we did was we created a free download. So you can download a version of the mask. So you just print it out, cut it out, put it on, and then it's uh, hashtag friend of foe. And nice. then... And then it's, we, we did this last year and I was so surprised at the response and Foe has now become like a fan favorite. I can really. only imagine. I mean, anytime you get to download a mask and become a character, you know, and mm. just basically cut it out. That, that was one of my favorite things when they'd have it on the cereal box or something. And yeah, you'd yeah. Zip, zip, cut it out of the magazine and you're like, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. <clears throat> Yeah, I loved it. And I just I, I just like the idea and it's like participation and people want to be involved. And so we did yeah. that and, and then loads of people did something. They we, we had a, our own online con last August and people did fan art and the majority of fan art was foe. Was lit, most <laughs> Everybody's foe. doing their best foe. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but he's definitely become like a fan favorite and, and, and it's that has now affected how I'm writing him as well, because I was like, Okay, more foe. Um, right. <laughs> definitely give the people what they want yeah you've you've done a a natural segue for me without me even needing to bring up who the next character to talk about so let's move into foe you've mentioned foe is um (laughs) part of this group of rejects who Mm -hmm. leaves with daniel and clearly has something going on in which the mask is always present and what more can you tell us about foe that, that people might be into where they're like, wow, I want this character's mask now because I know what kind of a character they are. And this is yeah. something that really interests me. Who's foe. So, so foe is self-named. So he never reveals his true identity and he's from the forces of energy project. So they're experimented on. And then as he's being wheeled out, he just sees the F dot for forces of energy. And just decides that's it, I'm foe. And, 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 and this is my name. And I will not take off this mask. And they're like the foot soldiers of this organization or will become the foot soldiers. And he's just flawed. 
Um, you know, they're like, he's not quick enough. He's not fast, fast enough. He's not strong enough. But what he has is an ability for like um, kinetic absorption. So even if he's shot, it won't actually affect him in the same way. He's able to absorb that uh, energy. He can't really redirect it, but it's, he's still fast. He's still strong. He's still brilliant. Um, and, you know, he's very kind of protective over, uh, over Daniel. Um, but he's also, I wanted him to have this little sense of comedy to him. So there's a scene in the second issue, which doesn't give anything away, but the two of the characters are trying to, you know, see if they could sedate Daniel and like, you know, we need to calm him down. And mm. then straight into panel comes Foe's fist. <laughs> <laughs> and he just knocks Daniel out. And then the other one character just goes, thank you. And he's just like, you're welcome. And just walks off. You, know? <laughs> like, you wanted it done. I've done it. You know, uh, right. You, know, he's, he's you got a problem. I got a solution. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But he's, he's, he's like the, the main kind of protector. And, and as we go forward, you'll see more of the group. Um, but at the same time, as the button men who were chasing them. There's also the um, sisters of Bridget. So the, these characters are based off a, a thing from my heritage. So I'm from an Irish family and, and, and Bridget is part of our folklore and things like that. She's, okay. she's known as uh, the triple goddess and all this. She's like a three faced kind of deity. And <clears throat> I took that and tweaked it. And <clears throat> pre event, the sisters are three women who were chosen by the earth um, to be kind of protectors, if you will. <clears throat> and each one of them has a power based off the actual real deity, because um, in, 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 like I say, in our folklore, there's the sister of the hearth, the sister of inspiration and the sister of the forge. So hearth means to heal. Inspiration, obviously, we know what that means. And then the forge is fire so each one of these sisters has those abilities so obviously the one sister is similar to daniel you see so she she has this power the other sister can inspire you to change your mind with her words so when she locks eyes with you she can inspire you to do something good but also stop something bad and, and all that kind of thing so she sways you and the third sister is just fiery She's, you know, she's got heat absorption, she flames, you know, very cliche, but brilliant. And they're not genuine sisters, if you like. They're, they're just three women, random women um, chosen by the earth. And they're based off three women that I've actually met in my real, in my real life, you see. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, but so, but what they, they have is a, a, a special ability that when the three of them are together, mm. I think like, kind of like Captain Planet, but the three of right. them together can merge together and become Bridget. So okay. they become one being known as the triple goddess. So they form into one. So when, when I write with Bridget, when Bridget speaks, it's in three speech bubbles because you have gotcha. the, the three voices. But during the event, Bridget is knocked down. The three of them are separated and one of them is, separated from the other two so Bridget at the moment can't come back until they find the third and right. because Daniel has similar powers to her they're kind of going we've got to get him um, you know, so, <laughs> it, so he's being hunted by level eight and the button men and then he's being hunted by the two of the sisters of Bridget as well 
So it reminds me of uh, this reminds me, I was checking my bookshelf because it reminded me of the, the writer's name. It reminds me of a little bit, uh, at least when it comes to Bridget, of also like uh, if you've read Robert Graves and The White Goddess. Um, I Oh uh, yeah, he really he he does one of those Joseph Campbell-esque kind of things where he basically takes the idea of the the triple goddess and sort of follows yeah. from one of the earliest language <clears throat> stories. It's it's oh, a fun cool. story in that it starts out where there's two groups that are about to yeah. go to war, and the uh, <clears throat> the wise people get together, and it turns out the one group of wise people is like hi, we're about to tell you a poem. And in the process of telling them the poem, they reveal that they know the secret name of the other group's God. And without throwing a single conflict, the other side just takes over because they're like, that's it. We know your God, we've won. And it, yeah, it yeah. follows the story of this constant transition of the idea of the, the Hercules, Moses, you know, um, sort of process of, you know, this character who becomes a king and is sacrificed and that a new king gets picked and, but it also follows uh, this idea of it's all in relationship to the triple goddess and the many iterations that occur in the many different ways she appears through every um, form of uh, religious belief that that addresses her. That's that's built with that connection. It's I think it's from like the 40s, um, but it's it's very dense. And for me, it's just kind of fun because it always unlocks some part of history that I'm like, oh, interesting. And what I like about that is that for me, it, it seems as though one of the things they always point to with those stories is that they're very cyclical in, in, in regards to either season or other patterns that have to occur. Mm -hmm. Just like there is the rising of the hero and the crowning of the king, there is eventually the sacrifice of the king, the death, the rebirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing also occurs for the goddess in many ways. So this idea of Bridget showing up makes me wonder, <laughs> is there potentially, and you can tell me I'm teasing things for you or there's stuff you can't really get into, but Potentially, Bridget is these three women brought together, not just because, hey, it seemed like a good Tuesday and we thought we'd do this, but more generally for a purpose. Either it's about the event, either it's a before or after the event, you know, either they were trying to stop it or it's now the event has occurred and they're there. Or maybe they're always just sort of chosen throughout each generation and this is their... Um, iteration as we're seeing them yeah. in the present it's, it's definitely more the latter i think um, okay it's like um I, i'm a big fan of um the authority when they were done through wildstorm oh yes <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things of all time uh, i, I totally agree i love seeing superheroes do things that they know they should do and really change the world get in trouble for it mind you but oh, change yeah. the world and, and kind of be very cocky about it in the process i think they're great and 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 the the one character from from get-go i mean I, obviously i love midnight trip was my absolute favorite but one of the characters that i really enjoyed was jenny sparks um yes. and, and and that she was the, the the spirit of the you know the, the 20th century and, and all that kind right. of stuff and it was very <laughs> yeah exactly and then you got jenny quantum but it was very similar to that and and um i i liked the idea that it, it, you know they were chosen by the earth it they always become the same goddess that's the thing when she exists right. she exists with all the knowledge and everything but it's three people or three women more importantly make her who she is every time so she'll have changes of character but mainly she's exactly the same goddess um but when i <clears throat> come up with the idea because I, I love folklores and fables and 
you know, come from an Irish family, there's such a wealth of things <laughs> that you can look at, so many great things. And I just thought, you know, the when I came up with the idea, the, instantly one of my friends, Cherie, popped into my head as, as the, the, the one for inspiration. And I even messaged Cherie and said, look, I've got this character. Um, I want to model her off of you. And the first thing Cherie said was just, just make, make her look fabulous, darling. That was her words. Make her look fabulous. <laughs> and I was like, I will. I will. She'll look like you. And it's fine. So, but I, you know, I had this permission to, to kind of use her. Um, and, and, but it was great. And, and, and I like the idea that, that you know, you've, you've got these remnants of some of the heroes from before as well and how the event changed them. Because Messiah takes place a year after the event so for a year people have gone where's bridget she's gone interesting okay you see? that's so interesting the, i like that detail okay yeah so two of the women are, are you know have kind of almost given up but they also go we know she's still alive because otherwise the earth would have chosen someone else right so where right. is she you know uh, it, it's it's funny, but it reminds me of that. I I don't know if you saw the Kevin Smith Dogma film that came out. Oh years yeah, ago. Dogma, yeah, yeah. And right. that great concept, you know, if God some, for some reason is in this human body and dies, he resets, <clears throat> and it's no problem. However, there's <clears throat> this like you know um, limbo stasis that can happen if there's an injury that causes them to be you know comatose, say. And mm -hmm. then the consciousness is there, but the body hasn't ceased. So they're, they're sort of trapped this, mm. you know, this concept of like, you know, things would have happened normally, but something happened that, you know, interrupted what would have been a natural process. So yeah. now they're trying to solve what's going on here. How is it that she hasn't been replaced? She's still out there, but we can't <clears> find <throat> her, which is a lovely <clears throat> mystery. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing that I kind of want to, you know, really play with. So there's, you know, there's all these different nuggets within that story. And, and as I say, that's the one we launch with. Um, and, and then, so obviously, as you know, Laurie has written Sister Grimm. Um, um, Dave has written OPSEC. Uh, obviously, I will let Dave come on your show and I will let him explain that fully to you because uh, he, he's a fantastic writer, fantastic, and just a great guy as well. He's such a good friend of mine. So I'll let him explain that. Um, but no in, problem. in terms of... In terms of the other ones as well, so um, obviously Dead of Night that I, I wrote was the idea of a fallen hero. So what I had was, so pre-event, um, this guy is known as Sir Robert Ward. And he is kind of like, in my head, like an amalgamation of Captain America meets the Phantom. So the Phantom had okay. got like this lineage of father to son. Right. taking and then captain america was the face of the country so what i what i wanted to do was kind of merge those two together and create a character pre-event that was very like smiley for the cameras i you know and he never wore a mask and his identity wasn't you know hidden but he every you know member going all the way back to medieval times has been the kind of the 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 knight of, of the isle you know the guardian of the isles kind of thing so his father was before him and so on and so on and so on and so on so so pre-event he's a very kind of you know smile for the camera uh wink 
dude. Um, they have a, a award exhibition and all this stuff, and his family is celebrated and, and, and so on. And he's the, the leader of this team, again, pre-event. But then what happens during the event, it's the first time he truly fails, and mm. he's driven insane. And he's completely lost the plot. And in Dead of Night, he is... He, he destroys his own family's exhibit and he basically uses all these bits of different armor from all his ancestors, and puts it together and just becomes this mad kind of medieval giving, you know, kind of as form of justice, kind of vigilante and just goes around and starts killing people. He just loses the plot. And, and, is he driven by something? Because failure is is so often, you know, it, it highlights something, you know, whatever that that flaw might have been, um, mm. arrogance, uh, a feeling of, oh, you know what, I was too soft. Next time I'll be harder, or this idea of basically righting a wrong, you know, that when you fail, you've you've exposed some weakness or perceived weakness, and sometimes the flawed response can be, well, this is how I have to solve it. And readers are going, wait a minute, no, 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 no. That's actually the wrong. You're you're, you're going about this wrong. However, the what character are you doing? has to like, right? And the character has yeah. to go through that process of understanding. They either get it and they change, or they get it and they go, whatever. This is what works for me. I'm I'm not going. I'm not stopping until I'm done. Kind of an idea. What's the motivation for this character's failure? Because I think it's a fun idea that they fail, but what causes them to get back up and go? I'm I'm gonna do this, which is piece together these pieces of armor and go out in a in a very vengeful way. Is it like a, a misaligned sense of justice? Is it revenge? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's that idea that it's obviously it's the pressure of of the lineage mm -hmm. on your shoulders. You know, you're the one holding the hundreds of years on on your shoulders now. But also on top of that is if you fail at something when you think that you know you, you go well, I've I've been good. Like, what the hell? I've been good. It's <laughs> what I was supposed to do, but you fail. Then what you then what you perceive as what you were supposed to do isn't what you now think you should be doing. Right. So okay. he, go, he goes from being, I've been nice. I've smiled for the, the cameras. I, I, I bought people in, you know, fine. If that didn't work, you know. And, and, and there's a scene in, in, in the first issue where there's like a, 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 a statue of him. Mm. And he just destroys it. <laughs> and, and he just he just goes to town on it and he takes a proper medieval mace and just destroys it and that's the significant like that's it that's a significant moment for him that guy's gone right and then he puts puts on this this and it's a proper like suit of armor you know think jousting kind of you know the plate goes down and this is this new guy now and he's beef he's bigger he's beefier he's stronger he's but he's relentless now no no more no more uh niceness it's gone and he sounds like a bit or maybe not a bit maybe completely like an executioner like to a degree yeah. you know this is how i'm gonna do things now and i like that idea of doing it it reminds me of so many great i'm, I'm reminded of immediately of george uh carlin the comedian who mm. got his you know he, he basically made a name for himself as being squeaky clean you know suit and tie won all sorts of emmys for his comedy and then at some point meets the counterculture and goes yeah actually i have some questions about the establishment and then goes on to have a whole second life where he basically 
you know, mocks everything about that guy he used to be and becomes mm -hmm. this, this guy who's so irreverent to a degree that he's loved even more so. Um, and it's an interesting sort of transition, like what causes mm -hmm. it? And then what is the character you become? Could possibly through this vengeance, Dead of Night become uh, a greater influence uh, on the world than prior to the it, event, right? And it's, yeah, and it's, it's so many people's perspectives have changed on, you know, what a hero is and what, you know, because if the heroes failed, then they didn't save us. So what's the point of them now? Right. You know, so the public has changed. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> he's, yeah, he's just vengeful now. And, and But there's, you know, I still want that slither of kind of hope in there with him. Um, but sometimes when I write, I refer to it, especially if I'm typing, I refer to it as let my fingers do the walking and what comes out comes out. So sometimes I have a basic idea of where I want to go. Like, right. I think I want to get from, let's go from A to Z, but I'm not going to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm going to go like A, H, you know, Q, apostrophe, 4.4401001, you know. Right. <laughs> so sometimes I enjoy not knowing until I've got there. So I don't know where he's going to go yet. And that's the beauty. I know. I know. I've got as with all our titles, we've got the intention of the four issue arcs mm -hmm. uh, to establish the characters, and then after the four issue arcs, that's when we're going to start crossing them over and seeing okay. more of them each other's titles. That sounds a little bit. I think uh, Laurie teased a little bit of that when we were chatting. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea of like what you guys were building to, and and it. I mean, I like the idea of when the crossovers start to happen because you you discover things. Um, I, I'm always amazed when writers start talking about like, hey, we never put these two together. So we're going to start putting these people together and then see what happens because oh, yeah. that's that's yeah. the fun, right? Like how do these two characters get along? Do they get along? Does it get weird? Does it get... <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? I, I love that idea as well. I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I love Easter eggs. Um, one of the things that um, I know... Um, Nem did in, in OPSEC issue one and it's a tiny moment but I was like good man thank you is <laughs> these government agents are on their way to this, this this incident and they're in this van and on the radio the people on the radio were talking about the conjecture like who is the conjecture which is as you you know um, our our YouTube character if you will right. um, you know so I know Laurie mentioned him in, in, in the pod with you and again mm -hmm. it's just we start crossing these little moments over. So we tease things in as we move. And it's, it's gotta be a bit of fun knowing kind of like put this here. Cause it's going to come up later. Just uh -huh. put this here. And it reminds uh -huh. me of those great movies that I loved when they would do time traveling and they would go back in time and set up all the things they would need for later on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. feeling of like, yeah, we're just going to set this all up. And then <laughs> when we need it, we're just going to reach over and grab that thing and, and you're ready to go. Um, I love it. Yeah. Now, Dave, I think it's great. I'm curious also for some fun comparison, because when I was talking with Lori about, you know, getting into writing, as she pointed out, her her M.O. is no, 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 maybe. Oh, fine. Finally, yes. And then yeah. it's, it's great. But that prior to getting into writing, she really hadn't been one of those people, as she described it, who was like writing books at five and like stapling together pages and going, look, this is my book. It was more something that gradually occurred. Everybody gets into writing. Everybody gets into their art, their craft, the thing that I'm talking with them about when we're talking about it for whatever reasons they do. It can be a short yeah. journey. It can be a very long one. So this is the part where we get to sort of rewind a little bit and go, 
okay, but up until this moment, who were you leading up to this? Were you always building to this? Is this something of a culmination? Have have there been a you know a few things? I mean, essentially, uh, what got you here? Because you mentioned this this great government project, but had you been pursuing writing stories, comics, characters in in other ways prior to? Had it been a part of your life in any way? I, I've always enjoyed cr being creative. I've, like I've always enjoyed it. <clears throat> um, so previously to this, about oh god, about ten years ago now, uh -huh. um, I had written a book of poetry, um, but it wasn't wasn't um, you know on a summer's day thou hast done that. It wasn't that kind of poetry. It was this wasn't uh, Whitman and Leaves of Grass <clears throat> or you know no, uh... <laughs> it was it, it, it's Irish limicry mockery poetry. Uh, and, and, and the book was called My Little Book of Big Book Bears and Nurse Who Rhymes for Grumpy Grown-Ups. Lovely. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and I just, I like being playful and I like having a laugh. And So I had done all of these kind of uh, poems and just about really random things, but it's like there was one poem about why I think goldfish is a pointless pet. Um, you know, well, my, my uh, distaste for 90s boy band hand gestures and all that kind of, you know. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, pe people who chew with their mouth open. It's just It was just a random book of those things. And then off the back of that, um, I ended up, I don't know, it's surreal how I ended up doing, but I ended up in, doing stand-up comedy for nearly three years. I did stand up for, for yeah nearly three years. Wow, and yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> okay, it was surreal. Um, and my proudest moment of doing stand up comedy was I did a charity event event for KK Downing from Judas Priest. Um, oh wow! Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fun little, you know, like, hey, this is a little notation on the resume. Just a moment yeah. for you to check out on the CV. It was um, cool. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was how good. Did you, how did you, like, stumble into that, walk into that, announce yourself, you know, with authority and say, I will do your event. I'm the guy you need. How did that occur? Um, well, again, it was um, when, when when I started doing stand-up, I actually, um, so, someone had said they, they, they were doing these classes to, to make stand-up part of this art festival. They want, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, and I knew the guy who was running it. Oh, okay. A friend of mine, a friend of mine is incredibly funny. And I said to him, dude, you, you really should do this. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll come with you for moral support. He was like, I'm nervous. So, you know. And they just want you to do these workshops. So I was like, I'll I'll come with you. Any excuse to go and get a pint of Guinness from the pub, I'll you know, I'll be there. <laughs> so it was 20 minutes before the first meeting. I'd already said to my my buddy who was running things that we'll be there. And then my friend backed out. It's like I'm not doing it. I can't, I can't, I'm too scared, I'm not doing it. Uh I called him some things. And I was like, <laughs> there was some caps lock involved. Yeah, <laughs> there was some, oh, so many exclamation marks. And um, I thought, well, I can't, I've said we're going. And I'm a man of my word. So if, if it can't be we, it can at least be me. So I'll just right. go in. So, and it wasn't far anyway. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go down. And so I went down and there were some other people there who, who were going to try their hand at it. And I wasn't going to try my hand at it. It was just, I was there just for, you know. To support and, and some Guinness, and 
then someone said, you know, just give it a go. And there were these moments where someone, there were, were loads of people in this room, there's a microphone on a, on a stage. And they're like, does anyone want to have a go? And you have that moment where everyone's looking at everyone else, okay? And then finally, my, yeah, my <laughs> friend, Nikki was just like, just do it. And I went, what? And she went, just do it. And then she just shouted out. She just went, he wants to, and just like a hand over my head. <laughs> and then Good the guy, friend to have. Yeah, and then the guy was like, did you come here to try this? And I went, no, but I'll do it. And I just got up and thought, I'll, 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 I'll have a go. I'll have a go and see what happens. And I just told a story of some random encounter I had on the bus once with this weird guy who, who uh, Mr. Two Shirts, I called him. Um, I, I was, uh, yeah, I, it, it was literally an encounter with a guy I was watching getting dressed for work on the bus. He put on a shirt, a tie. He's pulling stuff out of these bags. He puts on a tie. He puts on a waistcoat. And the thing you anticipate that's going to come next is a jacket, or, you know, a suit jacket right. or blade. He reaches in, pulls out another shirt and does it up to the top button. And you know when you go, I have questions. <laughs> right but no one on the bus everyone's looking going you know. Who I literally just told, <laughs> yeah i literally just told that told that story got some laughs enjoyed it and then they said just come back next week so i went i ah, go on then <laughs> <laughs> two and a half years later i was still doing it and then someone said to me there's a charity event that, that ken downing's doing <clears throat> and i was like i love judas Priest." You know, um, and I said, "Well, there's going to be all these obscure, you know, kind of '80s people." There. And I've got a friend who was in the band. Uh, do you remember Dexy's Midnight Runners? They did. Sorry. The, come on, yeah, it come on, cut out for with, just a second. Oh, oh they, Midnight Runners. Yeah, yeah, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah, yeah. And, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, so I actually know one of the guys from from Dexy's, and wonderful Matt, like wonderful guy. And, you know, and there were all these people there. Um, so I managed to get my way in there. And it was, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was, I'll never forget meeting KK Downing because he walked up to me and it was a black tie affair as well. So I didn't have any of this. It was just like, you know, tidy in a suit and stuff like that. And he comes up to me and he said, uh, oh, he said, you're a comedian. And I said, yeah. He said, I just want to thank you for doing this. And I was like, it's my pleasure. And he went, free bar. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be friends you and i we were gonna be before this but now confirmed right um <laughs> and i just always enjoy doing something creative i just always enjoy doing something like that and you know it, it was where it's, it's where i'm comfortable it's where i'm happy and then obviously it just became organic and again my love of comics my love of sci-fi my love of nerd culture <clears throat> comic book company it's got to be <laughs> <laughs> when but, uh, it when it comes to comics you've made some references i'm just curious what's your what's your history like with comics you mentioned you got into it pretty what about seven or eight you were saying i was at eight um so uh, the first comic i ever read i don't actually remember the issue but what happened was was uh, my older brother um basically wanted me to leave him alone uh, <laughs> grab the first available thing to, to hand that was either to hit me with or give me. And he just grabbed this Batman comic and he handed it to me and he went, shoo. So I just <laughs> Got me a prize. Um, Let's get out of yeah, here. <laughs> done. I'll be back once I've read this and see what else you've got. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And 
uh, read that and, and obviously it was, you know, coming up to 1989 anyway. So Batman was coming out and right. fell, fell in love with that and had all the toys and, and so on. But then um, as I got a bit older, it was a set, fine, it, financially where, where I was, it made more sense for me to buy certain Marvel comics because they were cheaper at the time. So right. I was buying, I was buying the Fantastic Fours because I could just get more. That was the, that was the concept in my head. They were just uh, this this because they were doing like the the reprintings, right? They would bind a couple of them together, or no, these were singles. But I think this oh, okay. was, this guy had had got this place, and it's all the you know the comic boxes and stuff. And I think he just was selling what he'd got in his loft, in his attic, kind of thing. Didn't matter to me. I was just like, I'm in. Here is all of right. my pocket. Um, but I, it, he was selling the issues for like 50p for the Fantastic Four ones, you know, which, nice. you know, so I, for a pound I could get two. So I'm like, right, you know, so I was getting more. <laughs> and then as I got older, and just obviously your taste change and things can get a bit darker. I, I fell in love with Hellboy. Um, mm. And then a friend of mine said to me, have you ever read The Authority? And I said, no, what's, oh. what's that? <clears throat> With just first comic I read, and within a day of reading that comic, I had ordered everything that I could find. <laughs> um, I was honestly I did addicted. Uh, I've written reviews on this that have gone on websites for, for the authority, like the top 10 authority characters. And nice. um, I talk about often, I've stated that in my very humble opinion, you know, when people say, oh, best power couples in, in comics, Midnighter and Apollo, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Very much, you know, <laughs> um, just uh, fabulous, and I love the, the authority. Um, not so much when DC took them over. Um, yeah. I'm I'm a, an original Wildstorm fan. I want I, I want I want Midnighter in that black coat. I want Apollo with you know the kind of um, you know Greek god hair out to here and looking cool. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I want. I love Jack Hawksmore. I think he's a, such a surreal, such a great concept. <laughs> yeah, just a real, but such a brilliant idea. Um, you know, and 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 the engineer, just in general, I think they're fantastic. Um, and the flawed so, doctor, the flawed doctor made it for me. This person mm -hmm. who has access to all of this, you know, otherworldly knowledge, and yet at the same mm -hmm. time cannot stop overdosing and constantly is <laughs> really, exactly. you know, damaged so badly. <laughs> The, the most overpowered slash flawed hero, but yeah, and and I I just think it was fantastic, and Je and, and Jenny Sparks was just, you know, she she just got this great attitude about her that I loved, and um, <laughs> you know, but the storylines were brilliant. The storylines are brilliant. The transfer of power. Anyone watching the transfer of power storyline? I loved that mm. so much. Um, but yeah, and 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 then I got into that, and then obviously as as I got to meet more and more independent people, my indie. You know, stuff has has grown. I, I, I a lot more indies now and things like that. What did you think about the idea of making that leap from this thing that you loved reading to this thing that you're now creating? Was there <laughs> any um, transition? Was there any awareness in your mind of like, I'm gonna do this thing that I so. I write a couple of comics and the first entry I ever got into comics was writing for a couple of people where I just, I had a friend who said, Hey, if you could write comic scripts, there's a need for it. And it's like, mm. well, my novel isn't, no one's buying my books. No one's buying my short stories. You know, I, I'm out there like everybody else pitching stuff. 
so I took a stab at a couple and then I ended up doing, I do this online series, uh, Greedy Greg. It's just an online comic and I, I really enjoy it. And gradually things started to sort of, but there were moments where I'm writing this and going, I'm doing this thing that, that I used to love. I still love reading. And I'm now trying to be one of those people who's doing it. And it was a very weird experience of like, I actually tried to explain to someone else later of like, do I, is it okay that I'm doing this? Am I allowed to, do I need some sort of training? And, you know, do I need to, does someone need to go, Hey, you're okay, kid, go ahead. Like there was this sort of awkward moment of like, what if, no, but I think, you know, that uncertainty, right. As you're in the process of doing something. And for me, I think one of the parts was that I'd watched these people and I'd read so many great creators, you know, do that thing that made me feel like, wow, what a great experience. And now that responsibility was mine. I'm putting yep. something out there that if it's good, it's that. And if it's not good, it's anything below that. And am I good enough to even try that? It was a very interesting challenge. And I, I think I still feel it every time I, I write. It, I think it's a translation uh-huh. from any other kind of writing I've ever done. But for me, it was it was very specific to comics. It's like, wait a minute. It's kind of like this person I've had a crush on. And I'm going to tell him I have a crush. And from that point on, that's it. Like your relationship is defined on on what happens <laughs> after that. Like the moment you tell them, it's no longer Schrodinger's cat. You've definitely crossed the line and it's now whatever transpires after. And I was just yeah. kind of curious about that because it's also weird in that there's things I'm working on that I won't be able to talk to people about for like another year. And I'm sort yeah. of like, does is it still real if I can't tell people what it is? Does it still exist if it hasn't been made? So I was just curious what your experience was like writing comics in that transition uh-huh. of someone who read them to someone who's now creating them, let alone your own comics universe. Um, yeah, I think for me it was like <clears throat> because obviously what you, it, it's it, the one thing I was always concerned about was the fine line between homage and plagiarism and. You know, because so many ideas have already been done, you know, so many things sure. have already been out there. And, you know, there's so many TV just went really lag. Um, there's, so, there's so many things. <laughs> maybe jump. If it, so if it gets things. too loud, we'll just have to have you back on and redo the whole thing and it'll be a laugh and you know, whatever. <laughs> it'll just cut and you just cut it and it'll be me in just different clothes. Um, but yeah, um, but it's yeah, it, I, 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 that was always my concern is is I want to create these characters. I know I want to tell stories. I, I have a, an, an urge to create and, 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 and do this. But it's that fine line. Where Where's the line? And that was always my concern. And, and the thing is, again, it's as long as, you know, it's you, you're not creating a character called, you know, Arachna Lad, you know, and, and Bat Dude. You know, it's it, that's that's your plagiarism right there. But I think, you know, there's been so many things that have already been done that you, you're always going to have some form of homage in there and you're going to be influenced by certain things. Like I said, you know, with folks, that idea of, you know, V for Vendetta or for me growing up, I love G.I. Joe, so Snake Eyes, you know, that even though they did show his face in the end, which I was really mad about um, right. in the co- in the comics, like, no, don't do that. Um, but the, the idea that, you know, he foe is you know it remains to be you know facially unseen um so yes there's going to be homage but i think i'm pretty 
I'm pretty okay at just going for stuff sometimes, you know. I'm 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 okay to just dive in and just try it. I have a philosophy that if, if something doesn't work, and as again, as long as you've not played your eyes, but if something doesn't work, don't worry. You you just don't do it again. You just you know you, <laughs> there's there's only one way you're gonna know if it's gonna work or not. Because you can ask advice, but the only way that you're going to know is to just do it. You know. Um, a- ASAP is is like it's like a double double meaning, you know. It's like as soon as possible, but also like we, we just get it done. Let's just get it done. Let's get it out there and let's go for it. See what happens. Right. Uh, I I I wonder is that sort of also maybe a reflection of like the mentality kind of you have to have as an artist creator as someone in comics where it's like, hey, you you can't actually dwell on the past a lot, or you will constantly find yourself never creating yeah. more never moving forward because you're always looking at well i could have i should have great you know try it the next time learn from you know there's there's got to be this resiliency i think that, that comes with it much like i yeah. think a lot of writers and artists experience where not everybody's going to love your stuff or that thing you want to work in a yeah. certain way doesn't okay well you have two choices you either try again or you don't but you yeah. keep moving Exactly. Exactly. And I think the name was like a happy accident in in terms of that, because the reason I mean, um, the reason that we're called ASAP, so that for the ADS. So didn't even make me ask the question. (laughs) You're just telling it for me. I don't even have to go. (laughs) So it's actually I have I've got I'm a a father of three. So I've got two daughters and a son. and, And my kids are Amber, Sophie, Alfie. And then my name's Paul. And then you pop me on the end. You've got it right there. Um. Can't argue with the strategy. Um, yeah. I distinctly remember my dad telling me that he he doesn't he never really gambled when I was growing up, but once or twice on like a honey, I think it was his honeymoon and one of their like trip he and my mom took before we were born, or right around the time we were like kids, he was like, oh yeah, he's like I got into Kino one night. And I'm like, you don't gamble. He's like, yeah, I had a bunch of numbers, so I used my social security, your social security, your sisters, your mom. <laughs> I started winning. I just started playing around with your guys's identities, and then once I was done winning, I walked away. I just. I laughed at that idea and I loved it for me. This is like such an interesting parallel of like, I need a name for a company. I got three kids, A, yep. S, A, and I'm P. Done. Yep. <laughs> Draw from what Done. you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like that, that, as a creator, not to sound too sappy about it, but the, the greatest thing, that they're the three greatest things I'll ever create. They're the three greatest mm-hmm. stories that I will ever bring to life. Um, you know, so... It's the way to make sure it's the way to sort of like see the future of, you know, your story to see the next generation of stories. Yeah. You know, you're you're now living <clears throat> and kind of seeing the world through their eyes and not just your own. Right. Which yeah. I imagine yeah. has to and, be an amazing and it's, you know, both, both my daughters are adults now as well. So both my daughters are officially like wow. actually grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. That, that's a reality that sinks in sometimes. I, I have a couple of friends who they've got kids now that are in their 20s and i'm sort of like wow i remember you and now now you're this person this fully realized uh-huh. <laughs> identity my, my eldest daughter who's sophie she's 23 now so she's you know she, she's uh, an actual grown human uh, and then my other <laughs> daughter amber is 18 uh, my son's nine my son is still little um gotcha but Again, it's they, they became, like I say, they became the catalyst for, for you know, the, the idea of the name. Um, but it, yeah, it just then became, like I say, became a mantra when we did um, 
the, the book for me and Laurie, right, let's stop messing around. Let's just say we're going to do this and let's get there as soon as possible. And then <clears throat> what happened off the, the back of that is we, um, we launched a, a, a second platform. We actually have three platforms and a brand new thing as well. So I'll explain those if, if, as, as quickly as I can. Um, and I'll so, put links and stuff in this show notes <laughs> and everybody can follow up on, you know, you, there's no requirement to write this all down right now. He's just going to go <laughs> yeah. over it. So people are like, wait, hold on. Do you hit pause? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I, when I started the company, it was just the idea was just our world and, and just this, this main world of all these characters and these titles. And then what happened was some people who I knew had been watching what I was doing and saw that I was, you know, again, quite relentless and would just kind of do stuff and put it out there. And they were like, hey, you know, we want to we want to put, you know, do, do you do other people's comics? Because we want to put our comics through. And I thought, well, I don't want to buy your comics off you. In, you know, um, because we've got this whole world already. And then I ended up having a conversation <clears throat> with a great creator. Again, I will bring all of these people onto your podcast. You, you, you have access to all of these people. Um, I'm looking forward uh, to it. And then I'm going to get all yeah. of you on, and we're going to do a crazy roundtable. <coughs> and I don't know who's oh, going to shut everybody up, but it's going to be nuts. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be a big roundtable, man. But so a, a, a creator called Lance Lusara, who's a friend of mine, who's a filmmaker. He owns a film indie film company, but also had created um a comic book series called bob non-union psychic and um <laughs> i know it's a great title great uh, the full the so what he wanted he said to me he said you know bob's been in, in you know the, the, the single comics we, we've done but can can you if i bring it to you can you make it into a graphic novel can we do you know and it, what it ended up being is called the big book of uh yeah um the big book of bob volume one so it's Bob Non-Union Psychic, The Big Book of Bob Volume 1, which is incredibly difficult to say with an overbite, but I do manage to get through it. Um, and it sounds like when you think of the acronym, you know, BBOB, sounds pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> Big Book of Bob. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so we, we did that. And then what? so what I did was create a whole new platform. So the, 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 the new platform, well, I say new, it was new nearly two years ago now, I think. We, 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 we celebrated it a year. 2021, we celebrated it. And what we did is we launched this platform with another anthology. We decided to go pros again. Mm. And the platform's called The Any One World. So it's N-E-1, uh, The Any One World. And <clears throat> we launched it with a book called uh, Perspectives. And what we did was we put the call out there to writers this time, rather than me and Laurie do everything. You know, because obviously when she spoke to Laurie and for myself, we're incredibly busy. Like both of us are doing so many things and we're running around and getting stuff done. <clears throat> and we're constantly, you know, either on social media, on doing spreadsheets. I look at the budgets, all this kind of stuff. So we put the call out. We ended up with 16 writers. And what happened was we, we, we said, right, okay, it's all for free because it's all for charity. So 100% of the, the profits from the book, well, not the profits, the sales, beg your pardon. 100% of the sales went to, uh, it's called the Dyspraxia Foundation. And yeah. <clears throat> my son has dyspraxia. Um, and in a nutshell, it, it, I, I explain dyspraxia like this. Imagine if your radar's off. So uh, you want to run straight that way, 
your body takes you mm -hmm. that way um, mm -hmm. and you you can have problems with coordination you can have it puts you on the spectrum as well but you can have problems with coordination uh, my son has difficulty when it comes to writing coordination and so many you know things and it causes him a great deal of pain and we have to do physio my son is an absolute hero absolute hero like <clears throat> he's had this you know i think he was diagnosed at five and he's now nine he he barely complains i mean i would i'd be complaining i complain when i walk up the stairs you know it's like <laughs> you know so I, I i said to everyone look if you're willing to do this for free this is it so again 16 writers so what i loved about what happened was we did 16 writers uh, a cover artist uh, an editor called Jess Mundy and then obviously Laurie was was kind of overseeing the majority of the, the editorial right. mm -hmm. we turned that book around from the point of advertising we, we wanted to do it in just under three months to sale that's very impressive <laughs> I was blown away by how quickly it was done it was like right let's get it done we want to launch it for the anniversary which was in August go 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 and we did and it's a beautiful book and what i love is every writer in there <clears throat> utmost respect for and friends with a hell of a lot of them but one of the things i really enjoyed was out of the 16 eight of them it was the first time they'd ever been published oh, and it wow. was such nice. an honor to be part of that it really was it was such a great honor to be part of that so we launched the anyone will with that book and a big we did a big podcast on there and and we, we brought a representative on from the dyspraxia foundation to really explain it we had like a rolling room of all these um writers coming in and out it was wonderful like it was, it was really great yeah um, it sounds amazing <clears throat> yeah and the book's still on um it's still on the anyone world um website and i think we've mainly we've mainly put it to just digital now so people can just digital download and we just do that. So we launched with that. And then the next thing we did was Bob, was the Bob book for, for Lance. <clears throat> then I met Malcolm Wong from Tokyo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and we did Dog Eater's graphic novel. And then it just spiraled. And then we had more and more creators coming on board. And what we do with The Only One World is, number one, the intellectual properties are maintained by the creator. We don't... Mm -hmm touch your property at all it's nothing to do with us we will help you on your journey we are more than happy to do so but we're not stealing your stuff <laughs> like that's not happening um, right <clears throat> two it it's one of those things where if if you've got a completed thing like lance and malcolm did then like mm -hmm. let's say lance wanted it into a graphic novel we, we made that happen with Malcolm, it, we, you know, he'd, he'd got the majority of it, so we were just more, you know, doing the distribution side of things and the digital, because we do the digital comics as well. <clears throat> and then we got people who'd come in and they were first-timers. So we'd got Simmer, who's a 20-year-old lad, and, but we were able to give him some guidance, and we were like, we think this will help on your cover, we think this will do this. And, but we have actually got, like, a whole submissions page in there as well. We're, 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 we've just signed uh, Paul Gomez up um, and he's just come on with two um, books, um, Cryptic Haze and uh, PTSD uh, Nem, who we mentioned earlier, we launched his book last year, which is uh, the first novel through the Ellie One World um, The Long Game um, and we've got, in the next couple of months we're actually expanding it, I think we're more than doubling the stock of 
created. <laughs> wow. in there. Um, and yeah, it was just a platform where it was, the need was there. So I thought, okay, let's just make it and then see what happens. And yeah, we, we launched it in 2021. So. And you're still going. You've got, sounds like mm-hmm. so many more, you know, plans. If, if we wanted to maybe take a glimpse into the future three to six months over the next year, like what's, what's on the horizon? You know, you've, you've suggested uh-huh. that, that potentially things are coming. And now I imagine with the any one world that you're, you're opening up to so many more people who are coming to you like, Hey, I've got this thing and you can turn around and see, okay, in a couple of months we can have this sort of done. Uh, yeah. Anything you want to sort of tease for folks? Like, hey, keep your eyes open, ears open. Yeah. Remember this there name. Is. Anything along those lines? So, yeah. So, first of all, there's we have a kids platform as well, which I created just for my son. So, he wanted to be involved. He liked what dad was doing. and But, obviously, the, the, it's too mature, the content's too mature for him. So, I was like, sure. okay. So, I created ASAP Minis. And we've got some kids books. And we're doing some kids comics. And I'm writing a comic um with a dyspraxic superhero um very for, cool for, for that platform and then we've got creators who are coming in we, we're publishing one i think in the next six months where we're just in the editor we're just doing the editing on his book at the moment but we're, we're, we're doing a book called the ninja professor for him uh, a guy called paul nice. nolan from uh, from over here with me um but yeah and it's a similar thing to any one world but it's just for kids books and kids things and stuff like that and then so we've got those three and then just february 1st we have just launched something else so i about six months ago i had an idea you know you have an idea pop in your head and you go no no i'm too busy leave me leave me idea right Um, (laughs) but it would it wouldn't get out of my head it wouldn't get out of my head and 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 the one day a name dropped into place and you only go oh no i've named it I have to. I have to see if I can do this now. I've named it. Yeah. Like, Once you give it a name, you got to take responsibility <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. So, it, honestly, it, it, it's it's so right. But what 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 I did was I created um, it's a platform, um, it's a database, if you will, um, called Gig, which stands for the global, which stands for Global Indie Group. Okay. So this isn't a comic book platform per se. This is. A platform for creatives. So imagine, again, just imagine if you will, if you've come up with an idea, okay? So you've just got a concept. This, this is my idea. Where do I go? So yes you, yes, you can run around social media and try and find like-minded people. And, and I've done it and it's very time consuming. It's a bit full on. Sometimes you get people weighing with opinions and, you know, you can get caught up in things that take you completely off where you originally wanted to go right so with that in mind what i did was i created gig and it's a it's a, it's a site where you sign up for a membership and again i've kept memberships low so it's six for six dollars a month so it's six bucks a month but within gig there's writers editors artists film and video so filmmakers and videographers um there's training crowdfunding did I say pu- publishers podcasts? I don't think you had, but now you have, so you've got it. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, if you have a so let's say you have a single idea, so you go in and you go, I have a single idea, but I'm not a writer. So you can contact one of the writers on the list. 
So you, you, you speak with the writers and then you can go, oh, but I need it edited. So they write you a book, let's say. Let's say they write you a comic book script and then I need it edited. So here's where the editors are. So I've now had it edited. Now I speak to the artists and now I need to fund this. So then I speak to the, so it's, we partnered with Crowdfunder. So uh-huh. then, so now I speak to Crowdfunder. Now I need to publish it. Here's the publishers. Now I need to promote this. Then I can get some videos made for social media and I've got a list of podcasts, which I fully intend. So once we're off here to add you to that list. Appreciate that. Very, very kind of you. Um, yeah. That sounds like an amazing community platform. It's it's an idea that I think is is one that, that people are really going to find can serve them because that's the biggest challenge. You know, um, I, I'm working... I'm working on one project right now where I had the idea and it wasn't until I heard about a project and someone was like, yeah, and we have an artist that I was like, okay, well, I've got this idea. And I, you know, it was almost like I couldn't make it real without that artist because I've seen my (laughs) art and it's tragic and it would not serve my story well. And I I want people to, you know, not get stuck on how bad the art is and enjoy Mm. this story. So that was just a luck and happenstance. Like, okay, there's an artist. It's almost like, great, you know, I'm, I'm drowning and I'm going to grab onto you and I'm going to see if we can make yeah, this yeah. work. But instead you're offering this idea of like, look, come with whatever you have, your idea, something written, something mm-hmm. more and meet this community who can say, okay, well, this is where you are. What would you like to do next? Let's introduce you to the people that can work with you on that. Um, exactly. Yeah. And and I would imagine there's sort of a breakdown of, you know, how that works in regards to benefiting everyone. You know, if you if you work with that group, then you're getting credit as maybe the creator of the idea. The writer's getting credit as the person who helps bring it to life in one form. The artists, yeah. everyone is 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 sort of a part of this community. They're all getting their own uh, recognition. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's a process where someone can take an idea from beginning to end. And there's people at every stage of the process who can yeah. say, hey, <clears throat> if you put in the time and you work on it, you can get to the end and have a, your completed idea. And we've yeah, got the people exactly. and the tools to do it. Exactly. It's everything you need under one roof. And the other thing that, we, we, that we've added to it as well. So if you are a creator, so if you are an artist or a writer, we, we've created, like I said, it's like a business account. But the difference between us and say other platforms, so you know, if you think of certain platforms um, that that you can get work off, they, they there's there's a, a four and a half to five percent slice off the top of all jobs. Sure, they got to make their cut. <laughs> <clears throat> we don't take any. We don't take anything off the top at all. So it's the same thing. So the business account is six bucks a month. Right. But if you get a job that's Arguments like five hundred dollars, and you agree that done five hundred dollars. It only costs you six bucks. Yeah, exactly. But that's it. It's that's exactly it. It's it's six bucks a month. And let's say you know, I know certain artists that I work with. They're they're doing several jobs on several things at the same time. So let's say you get two or three jobs from gig. You, you know, you you can you can fund your life for the you know for whatever you need, and, and it's six bucks. That's it. I'm uh I'm gonna include that link in the liner notes too because I can imagine, I mean, plenty of people are going to be really interested in that. If I had heard about this idea before, I would have gone, yeah, let's let's go get in there. Who knows? Maybe I'll <laughs> pop in and say hi. Um, because it sounds yeah. like an amazing project, an amazing <laughs> community, and I think one of the great things it offers is 
if it's all right there, honestly, what do you have to lose? You know, basically, you're not going to reach that point where it's like, oh, we don't have one of those. We're going to wait until we get one and then you can keep moving. It's more like uh -huh. it's all right there. How how far, how fast? You know, what's your ASAP? Uh, essentially, uh -huh. when it comes to this gig idea. And man, that's a really. I like the future that you're building. I mean, when Thanks. I'm thinking about the idea of like where someone can be looking in the direction, it's easy to think about, well, I'm making this and I'm doing this and I'm selling you this. But you're yeah. also offering this other thing, which is saying, yes, and along the way, how can we make it easier for everybody else who wants uh -huh. to do something similar, you know, who yeah. who feels like, you know, there's there's threshold guardians and there's all these obstacles to, to getting from your idea to a finished project. You're saying, OK, what if we have all the people that get you past the obstacles that help you solve the problems as they show up? And that's not something you always hear about someone suggesting when they're making successful progress that they're like hey how can i bring others along with me it's usually like hey how can we expand your thought is yes how can i expand but how can i bring these people with me you know how can i find a way that others yeah. are coming along and i like that I, intention I, thank you thank you now i've been so fortunate like i really have been so fortunate with with how things have gone um, and I've met some wonderful people and, and like, you know, we, I joke about my, my friendship with Laurie. I'm so thankful for it. My friendship with Nam. Um, my, my, I, bought, I bought Laurie and my friend George Medina in to help me with gig and, you know, and, and, and push towards the promotion. And they're both on gig as writers and so on and so forth. Um, but I've been so fortunate to make the connections that, that I've made and, you know, two years you know it was august 2020 that i launched this and if it hadn't have been for good people if it hadn't have been for people that have got my back you know and lifted me up you know, i've had moments where i've gone you know and, and <laughs> gotten to tear my hair out and i'm trying to grow it back at the minute anyway you know so but if it hadn't have been for them would i have thrown in the towel would would i have, have gone off for god's sake um so i i'm grateful for for, for them and, and and i think people like that need to be celebrated and, and what better way to celebrate people who can help you by putting them in one place and saying, this is the place you need to find those people. Does it make sense? I, I completely agree. I can't think of a better place really for us to sort of like put a pin and say, wow, yeah, that's a great place to end with. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to include uh, all the different links that you have in show notes. So yeah, people can go through much. there and check, but maybe somebody listening is like yeah 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 as soon as i'm as soon as this recording ends they're going to reach out and find you if there's a place where they just wanted to go hey man just heard you on a great chat i have things to say and and i'm going to go follow up on this but they just want to reach out and say hey wh where's the most likely place people can make contact with you where's a, a platform you respond the most often or yeah, I'm <clears throat> any and all because I've always got my phone on me. But we are ASAP Imagination on Twitter and Instagram, uh, LinkedIn and TikTok. Um, and then obviously, there's the website. There's a chat in there anyway. Um, oh, okay. So there's there's all there's always ways to to read. But nine times out <laughs> you of can 10, be found. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, if it's Twitter or Instagram, are probably be the ones I, I I'm on the most or I'm using the most. Sorry. That's where they can get you ASAP. <laughs> well, I do there. my best, man. I'm yeah. I'm I'm here. I I try. You know, my my I, whole goal like is it, how can I 
<laughs> How can I help? So um, with, with that in mind, I've been lucky enough to be speaking today with Paul, with Hades. And as I am known to do, this is the part where I stop the conversation for you. He and I are going to have a civil conversation where we're not being observed. I don't know, like lab rats or experiments or some other sort of thing that you view and sort of like what what a, and, you know, talk like civil human beings and then you know, move on with the rest of our day. But thank you for joining us in Hades. Man, thank you for an amazing conversation. It was absolutely my pleasure. I, I discovered so much more that Laurie had hinted at. And now that I've discovered more, it, it's almost like you gave me the first hit for free and now I'm addicted. And I'm okay with that because, <laughs> thank you. you know what I mean? I've got money and I've got stuff to sell and, and I'm down. So <laughs> I'm really excited for it, man. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, let's end the recording and let's talk like human beings. <laughs>